I, I always get a warm feeling thinking about just how that experience basically showed me that nursing was was what would always get me to where I was going. Hello, everyone. I'm Angela Rosa DiDonato. And I'm Marion Leary. And you're listening to Amplify Nursing, a Penn Nursing podcast supported by the Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Amplify Nursing features nurses who are leading the way in science, policy, and innovation. Our guests defy stereotypes, define practice, and disrupt convention. We highlight the breadth and depth of nursing influence on society by amplifying nurses who are pushing boundaries and breaking down barriers to build a new paradigm. Today on Amplify Nursing, we interview visionary nurse Antoinette Montavo. Antoinette is a pediatric nurse practitioner and a community health consultant, mentor, and coach for nurses. As the daughter of a mother from the Bahamas and a father who was in the Navy, Antoinette grew up in many places and was influenced by many cultures. Her path to nursing was driven by that rich family background, her education, and a healthy dose of wanderlust. She built a career focused on a human-centered approach to culturally competent care that has worked to improve the health of individuals around the world. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us. We really appreciate you calling in. No, absolutely. Thank you guys for inviting me. This is exciting. And talking to us. Yeah, it really is. We're, we're super excited about this project. So um, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and what's going on with you? Absolutely. Um, so I guess for those who don't know me, my name is Antoinette Montalvo, and I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner. Um, nursing was my second degree. Education was my first from Emory University. And I always had this you know, passion for health and education. I just wasn't sure how I was going to play that out. And ultimately, after traveling and living um, in Central America for about three years, finally had this revelation, I guess, of how to combine just my desire for public health and community health with the clinical aspect um, through nursing and the nurse practitioner degree and find myself, you know, going from Guatemala to Philadelphia and and really starting on this kind of global health journey. And um, at the time, uh, Penn Nursing had the campaign of Dare to Change the World, and it just really resonated with me and, and gave me a broad opportunity to do that. So after practicing clinically for a while um, in primarily North Philadelphia um, and just getting a chance to, I guess, understand what it looked like to be a clinician operating with cultural competency on the urban level, just really felt that I wanted to take my skill set back into the community again and just decided to take a big leap of faith with my family to move to rural South Carolina to launch a community health initiative. And uh, the, the basis of that was is just constantly hearing over the years as I was going through my nursing journey of, you know, so-and-so complications because of diabetes, you know, high blood pressure, uh, dialysis wasn't working the way they needed to, and just, you know, just a host of things and just really feeling this pull to say that I feel like I can apply my clinical skill set, even as a pediatric nurse practitioner into the community on an education level, as well as kind of a holistic health level, um, and decided to see what that looked like. Um, and from that launching point, a lot of it was, you know, as a good nurse does, assessing the situation, really looking to see what was already taking place, finding ways to collaborate, and finding out just unique opportunities, and I guess for lack of a better term, innovative opportunities to to really touch the community um, through education, through workshops, 
um, you know, whether it be in churches or libraries or vision development in schools. And as a result, through the conversations that I had, um, it led me in, you know, before several different leaders within the community in the clinical setting and just around. And a lot of the conversations that kept coming up were, I wish we had more nurses doing what you were doing. Um, our nurses are burning out quickly and we are trying to figure out how to manage staff turnover and trying to understand how to improve access to care and community outreach to those who just can't reach the area. I mean, the area that I'm in, there's one major hospital, there's no pediatric hospital or specialist within kind of a 60 mile radius. Um, there's smaller clinics around, but there's a, there's a lot that can be done and could be done to improve the outreach. And, and as I'm just gaining this traction and just visibility for the health initiative, there were several nurse friends and, and professionals just from a variety of sources, whether it be social media or networking, that said, I'm really excited about what you're doing. How can I start doing something like this myself? How can I, you know, go from the traditional clinical setting to the startup world or to navigating how to not burn out, you know, at the bedside? And I found myself at the time informally coaching a variety of nurses while I was still just trying to figure it out myself um, on how to be visionary in terms of their understanding of nursing as a, a very versatile skill set, as an opportunity to interface in many different places. And I started just writing down these reflections and, you know, kind of thought processes that I was having myself having myself in the in the process of it. And as a result, I realized, you know what, I think I have something that I can lend to other nurses. Maybe I can't change the entire platform of health in South Carolina, but if I can inspire enough nurses and nurse professionals to be innovative in how they approach care, then ultimately I am also fulfilling the mission that I hope to do um, and to execute. And so as a result of it, I, I launched a small business as a, a community health consultant and coach and mentor for nurses and just finding opportunities to, on a formal level, um, one, strategically interface with other organizations on how to improve their outreach in the community, but then on the flip side of it, coaching and mentoring nurses and nurse professionals on how can you think about creating your own innovative and unique niche for yourself where you feel like you're utilizing your skill set in the way that you want to do. Um, and so these things just kind of evolved and birthed themselves. And I think in a lot of ways, it was maybe just a, a, a matter of time that it was going to come together because this is just how I've been all my whole life, just kind of this visionary outlook on things. Um, and as a result, um, through all these reflections and all these experiences, ended up uh, writing or publishing an ebook um, called Visionary Nurse, uh, 90 Days of Inspirational Musings on Being Influentially Visionary. And just, I guess a lot of it was just a way to help me process the, the hardness and the challenges and the excitement of starting something new in a network in a place that you never have before and really redefining yourself. Um, mm -hmm. But then also too, finding an outlet to inspire other nurses to do the same. So that's where you find me today. <laughs> that was, um, that's fantastic. I actually want to back up just a little bit and I want to ask you just a couple of questions about um, the coaching and working with other organizations. How have you met resistance from organizations in talking about how to deal with burnout for staff? Because it, it isn't just, at least I believe it isn't just a matter of nurses and staff people being able to manage 
their life in taking care of patients that leads to burnout. I think that there, there seems to be a lot of systemic things that contribute to that. And do you meet pushback when you um, talk to organizations about burnout and staff staffing issues and things like that? Definitely so. I mean, and, and it's, it's, it's kind of a, a yes and no, I guess I should say at the same time, mm-hmm. because there was a lot of it. There's a lot of excitement to talk about it because it's seen and it's needed. But in terms of actually going from the knowing to the action, there's a lot of uh, room for improvement, and a lot of process that has to happen in that way. Right. Uh, and I found myself even in having these conversations and saying, how can we, you know, on a policy level, interface not just with the nurses, but administrators in terms of how are you able to better utilize your nursing staff? How are you able to, you know, alleviate some of the pressures that exist so that things are more sustainable? It was at that point that it was a little bit harder to navigate that conversation. And so even though it hasn't happened as streamlined as I'd hoped for, um, I just continue to interface at least with those who I know relate in the same profession and saying, maybe I can't reach your leader right now, but if I can interface with enough nurses who have enough language and knowledge behind what it means to be a leader in their own right, um, that hopefully will create an upsurge to eventually influence, you know, on the policy level. But it definitely has not been that easy or that straightforward. Um, But it doesn't mean that it, it shouldn't happen. It just means you have to get more creative about what you do. Right. So starting like a grassroots groundswell versus coming from the top down. Right. And if you find that you meet someone, you know, at the top in, you know, as you're moving forward in the middle, then you, you have something to work with. Right. It's it's like as if you're building your, you know, for for the best example I can think is, you know, Instagram followers. Right. Like you, 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 you build the people who just want to gravitate to the, the fun pictures that you have. But really, at the end of the day, you're really trying to interface with someone on the top level to to see what you're doing. So as long as that person from the top sees what you're doing from the bottom, there's a way to come towards the middle. Um, so it doesn't feel like you're just isolating one side or the other. But what you're really trying to do is 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 reach whatever side that you can so that, you know, the leadership sees, yes, this is useful because there's a buzz and there's a there's, you know, our nurses are thinking differently and and responding differently and having, you know, more voice to what needs to happen. But also too you know, nurses feel as if they have the voice and the language and the lingo. I think a lot of it is just you just have to have the right vocabulary in the space to use that. Right. And I think that's an excellent point. I don't I think as nurses traditionally were trained to sort of listen and do and not so much um, take our ideas and move them forward. Um, I I just feel like that's the way that the system is built. Um, Can we backtrack a little bit too? You had said so many fascinating things at the beginning of this interview, and I want to sort of backtrack to some of them. So when you were in um, Central America, you were a teacher then? So I I, I was, I was a host of many different things. Okay. Um, I, I primarily started off going there to be a part of a, a student immersion program called Somos Hermanos, or We Are Brothers. Mm-hmm. And and it was a pilot program at the time. And after I had graduated, you know, I was a Spanish minor, and I'd always seen myself really wanting to um, work with Hispanic population, Latino population in, in, in whatever capacity that I could. But I wanted to have clear cultural competency and what that looked like. And also, too, to see, you know, I have a background as a Caribbean American. I know there's a lot of practices and beliefs that come into how I interface with the healthcare system. And I wanted to see if that was influential in other parts of the world. And so I found myself 
you know, navigating towards Central America and ultimately in Guatemala. And through this program, it was a, a pre-med and pre-health student immersion program that really wanted to intentionally integrate um, students or those who just graduated prior to becoming health professionals into the healthcare system, the, the economic, the culture, the politics, um, just the landscape of another country in order to see how that influences, one, why someone may leave their country in the first place, what would influence what their healthcare looks like, how it, it would interface with you on, you know, the U.S. side, what kind of care is useful both, you know, at their home country versus somewhere else. And as a result of it, I mean, it was just an amazing, amazing experience and really gave me an opportunity to see to see life and to see the healthcare system in an entirely different way and really to see the importance of community health. Um, because if you talk about, you know, access to care, some of the areas that I worked in, very far removed, you know, very tucked away in volcanic areas or in the highlands. And it's just, there's nothing around that's going to be, you know, I need to go and get this done quickly. Or if there was a bus accident, someone needs to suture this, or even just dealing with parasites and worms and skin infections. How do you do that? What do you address within that community? And how do you um, appropriately integrate yourself into that community, but also involve the community in their own care. Um, and so over the course of the six months of that time and traveling between Guatemala and El Salvador and, and northern Mexico and Chiapas, I really just, I fell in love with this country and this space and this place and just enjoyed everything about it. And they ended up inviting me to um, stay on for another year as the in-country coordinator for the program. And so while I was also there, I ended up um, working with a, a clinic organization called Primeros Pasos, which means first steps. And it was just, it was, and it was amazing. And I think it was probably the, the ground foundation to why I'm doing even what I'm doing now of just seeing this clinic um, that was just brought up as kind of a, a grassroots clinic in response to this community that was providing service to over 10,000 community members in the area and how this particular organization met the community members where they were. They really assessed what were the needs, you know, what is the communities, so the surrounding communities, what do they even want? What, why, do they even want anyone there? Do they want help? Do they want someone to help them? Do they want to collaborate? What does that look like really and intentionally? And a lot of it was just learning how to learn, learning how to learn health from the community's point of view and not coming in and saying, hey, we have these answers and this is what we're going to do because we see you have this problem, but saying, you know, what is it that you need? Do you even want us to help you in healthcare? And if that's the case, what 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 are you comfortable with? Where can we meet you? How can we work together? Where can we learn from you? And then hopefully from what we've learned from you, we can bring in the resources to strengthen where you already are and what you're already doing. Um, and so as a result of that, I ended up um, becoming the executive director for that that organization, but I, you know, I taught health education courses and I helped with medication reconciliation and we just helped develop and build this organization from uh, a grassroots organization to something that, you know, has interfaced with volunteers from all over the world. Wow. So what of that experience put you into nursing versus any other specialty? Right. No. And, 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 and quite honestly, it's, I always get a warm feeling thinking about just how that experience basically showed me that nursing was was what would always get me to where I was going in terms of the education piece and the holistic care piece. Um, because while I was there, you know, 
in my undergrad days, I thought I was going to go into medicine as a pediatrician, and that was the only track. But I had this other piece of wanting to educate and interface holistically and finding some other versatility to apply that clinical skill set that didn't seem for me to play out in the way that I saw traditional medicine playing out, or if I was a physician or a physician, excuse me. And so then when I when I got there and just interfacing with volunteers, we ended up having this wave of nurses and nurse practitioners that decided to volunteer. And it was, it was during that time while I was the executive director of this clinic that, you know, these nurses came in and they were phenomenal. They not only provided the clinical aspect, but the education piece, and they were available for all these different pieces of what we needed in the organization at the time. And I started recognizing that this is like the best of all worlds. This is the public health world meets the medicine world, but in its own unique way. And I, you know, I started Googling in, in a web cafe, wherever I could find and just putting in, you know, public health education clinician and nurse practitioner kept popping up and nursing. And I thought, this is it. It was like the light bulb went off. And after having been in Guatemala for nearly three years, I was like, this is where I need to transition now. This is, this is meeting that need. And so, you know, when in a, in a serendipitous turn of many events, I also started meeting nurses who were from Penn and I happened to meet a sister of someone who was working with a hiking company that often supported this clinic that said, oh, I, I think my sister's going to apply to that same program at Penn. Who knows? Maybe you guys will be in the same class. And sure enough, a year later, we were in the same class and we graduated together and we ended up traveling back to Guatemala, you know, two years later. So it was all a matter of time and things coming together the way they needed to be. Wow. That's such a great story. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, the community practice that you have down in South Carolina. So how did your experiences in Guatemala prepare you for what you met there? Right. Um, I think a lot of it, it has just been the resourcefulness and seeing that things may not look the way you anticipate or what you expect, but there's still ways to work around with what you have, right? Um, I think it, it, that time in Guatemala really even shaped how I even approach care as a clinician. And again, it's just that big collaborative piece, um, not coming in with the answers, but saying, how can I understand what's happening here? And what is it that you need that I may have to offer? Um, so, you know, in being here in South Carolina, my first thought was I'm going to open this clinic and people are going to come to this clinic and it's going to be great. And we're going to have this great community center right from the jump. And that has not been the case at all. Um, the space that we thought we were going to to get, we had raised funds for it, but the price ended up tripling for what they initially said that they were going to offer. And so that went out the window. And then also, too, just trying to find you know, people to collaborate with, there was a lot of initial excitement, but then things just dwindled or, you know, it didn't pan out. And, and, and rightly so, people are very territorial in some ways or protective, I guess is a better word. And I found that maybe I just need more time to understand what I think I need to do and also understand what others think they need from me. Um, and so I took a step back and I really had to kind of rehash and think through this. And, you know, some of my reflections in this ebook as well came from that of just thinking about, you know, how do you deal with kind of that initial sense of failure or rejection or feeling as if, hey, we raised these funds for this thing and now we, we can't do the thing that we thought we were going to do. And, and just really started rolling through it and thinking, you know what, I, I am the branding. I can make this work. I have the skill set and the knowledge, whether I have a building or not, 
I'll just, I'll just utilize wherever I can go. And so I found myself, you know, just launching workshops on the radio and the radio station that I got a chance to do some media outreach with, they were actually the same radio station that allowed me to talk about my experience in Guatemala. And so it was like this complete cycle that came back from, you know, years and years prior of being able to not only invest in this community through sharing my experiences of, of working abroad, but then now saying, and I want to now invest in this community through sharing health experiences here and, and what I can educate. So I started doing health education snippets on the radio, um, workshops in churches, um, going to the local high school and talking through, you know, how to be innovative as a future nurse or health science professional or whatever, fill in the blank. Um, and, and using that as saying, you know what, even if I can't get people to come to me, I'm going to go to people, I'm going to meet people where they are. And so as a result, it's kind of created this, this platform to educate and really, you know, utilize community health at its finest, um, without the walls and barriers of a, a building or a clinic. Let me, let me just ask you this, as I said earlier, like traditional nursing does not encourage this kind of taking yourself out into the, to the people and, and pushing the agenda and, and that sort of thing. So what, what, what along your, your journey has sort of propelled you to do that? Like, why do you, why do you think that that's a great way to go? Yeah, I, I think, I think a piece of it has just been kind of innate to me. I've always been a little different in how I approach and, and, and view a perspective, but I think a lot of it too is just I have experienced in my own life that uh, sometimes you just don't know where people are coming from. And, and, and you know, as a clinician, you, you might just get the person coming into the clinic and they may have had a bad day and all kinds of other stuff that was happening prior to there. And when they come in, you know, they might be shut down or they're angry or they really are flying off the handle because you were X amount of minutes late or the appointment's taking too long or you're giving them all these different things and it seems like they're still in the same situation. And I, I've learned over time, and I guess just in being, you know, very candid and transparent about my own life, you know, when I was, when I was two years old, my, my father was killed in a car accident and it was a horrific, horrific situation. And so I found myself taking this very compassionate and empathetic stance of saying, you know what? Sometimes you just don't know what people are going through. You just don't know what's influencing not only their lives, but their, their health. You don't know what's wrapped up in their story. And I, because of this major thing that happened in my life, I have always taken the stance of welcoming people where they are because I know for myself, I needed that for me. I needed to meet people there because I've been there. I've been in those situations that can ultimately influence why you don't, you know, control your chronic illness or whatever the issue may be, why you haven't taken the medication that I told you to take a hundred times, why it seems like I can't get through to you. And just recognizing that everyone's coming in with something. Everyone has something that might be influencing that moment in time. And so I think a portion of just my own story has influenced you know, sometimes you just got to step outside of the box. Like if it's really about the patient, if it's really about the other person, then you just have to step outside of the box. It only makes sense to do so. Otherwise, you're just going to be, you know, pushing against a wall for the most part. Um, and I think the other piece is just because I've had this passion for education, wanting to educate, recognizing that in order to really educate, you you have to know what is needed to learn. Um, 
again, we can often have our own agendas and our own curriculums. And yeah, it might work to be a part of whatever the system is because you need to have some type of standard and some type of direction. Um, but I also think that in order to be truly effective, um, you have to, you just have to think outside of the box. Um, otherwise you're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and kind of, you know, driving yourself up the wall, wondering why things aren't changing. Um, so, you know, if you really truly want to see change and if you want to be innovative, you just, you, you have to think outside of the box. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's sometimes difficult to, to shift the perspective to where other people are coming from versus pushing your own agenda in a certain way. Um, so tell us a little bit more about you. Where did you grow up? My birth father wasn't necessarily physically in the picture past a certain age, um, but I, you know, my my father now, who has always just been, you know, my dad for me and has raised me and grown me, um, was in the Navy. So we kind of bounced around a little bit. Um, primarily grew up in Florida, which is, you know, a major naval base area in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. And then from there, uh, midway through high school, we relocated to South Carolina, kind of the area that we're, we're in now. Um, and after those two years, uh, ended up going to Atlanta for undergrad and then to Central America and then to Philadelphia. So, and now back to South Carolina. So when people ask me where I'm from, I just say, <laughs> you know, planet, planet Earth. I'm from here. I'm from the world. And, and, and a lot of those pieces make up who I am. But then on the other piece of that, you know, I guess it, there's a little bit of traveler in me um, that has always kind of gravitated towards that. And then my, my mom, my mom's side of the family is from the Bahamas. So we also have this very strong Caribbean push as well um, as a part of our, our upraising. If I'm from many different places and I've had this very unique experience in life, then, you know, I just meet people anywhere and everywhere and, and they become a part of, you know, family and friends. And I've just learned to kind of ingrain myself into wherever I am. That's great. Is there anything else that you want to talk about that you want to touch base on? I think the biggest thing is just uh, really encouraging nurses to see that they have a unique skill set that has prepared them already to be leaders. It's just exercising that. Um, and it's one of the big things that I talk about in this ebook that I published back in February, um, Visionary Nurse, and just really hoping that, you know, whether someone gets formal coaching or mentorship or you know, establishes some type of leadership program for themselves, that they find the resources and tools that they need to encourage them in their nursing journey so that they continue to build and grow. You know, the biggest hurdle it feels like is just finishing nursing school or, or going on to get your, you know, certification as a nurse practitioner or DNP or whatever that looks like. But there's always a need to grow as a leader wherever you are, whether it's I want to be at the bedside for the rest of my life or I want to be in the community or I want to be you know, in some executive position or a business owner, always see every space as an opportunity for leadership. Um, and, you know, would really encourage um, nurse professionals to to grab a hold of the ebook, um, you know, visit visit my website at visionarynurse.com and, and just, you know, follow the blog or ways that I can encourage other nurses to be visionary in their approach, um, be leaders and be innovative in the way that they see nursing. Um, so, you know, if you really truly want to see change and if you want to be innovative, you just, you, you have to think outside of the box. Hello, Marion. Hey, Angela. How's it going? It's amazing. So we had the opportunity to speak with Antoinette Montalvo, who is the creator of VisionaryNurse.com. Antoinette is a little bit of a polymath. She was a teacher. She came to nursing through a second degree, traveled extensively through Central America 
and ended up in rural South Carolina uh, and is doing really cool things. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to her. The whole time she was talking, I was thinking about how she's using what we call a human-centered approach. So she's not going into these communities and telling them what it is that she thinks they need. She's really allowing them to show her and tell her what it is that they think they need. It's also a really empathetic approach that she brings to her work. So she talked about when her dad died, she really needed people to meet her where she was at. And now she's taking that experience and really meeting her patients and the community members where they're at. And so I really love that about the work that she's doing, and it fits really nicely in the nursing profession. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that I found it really interesting that she's very intentional about using her experience to better the patient experience. And it just made me think that I think maybe a lot of times nurses, I mean, we all have our biases. We all have our our own experiences that we bring to every patient encounter. And I think maybe sometimes we are clouded by our own biases and judgments and not able to really look at things from a patient perspective, whereas Antoinette is very aware that she's bringing her experience into this and uses it very intentionally. Yeah. I mean, nurses are humans too, right? So um, that makes a lot of sense. But the work that she's doing, I really like too, because she's understanding that when she goes out and she tells people um, she thinks they should do X, Y, or Z, to help them in their disease process. Um, And then when they don't do that, understanding that they may have other things going on that are preventing them from doing so. So understanding that patients are patients for a short period of time, but they're humans the whole rest of the time. And so what else is going on in their lives that could be affecting the work that um, she's asking them to do uh, when she's out working with them? Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic point, Marion, and uh, I'm really excited to see what Antoinette does next. That was our interview with visionary nurse and entrepreneur Antoinette Montavo. Make sure to check out her ebook, Visionary Nurse, 90 Days of Inspirational Musings on Being Influentially Visionary, on her website, visionarynurse.com. You can also follow her on Twitter at aamontavo one That's A-A-M-O-N-T-A-L-V-O-1. Amplify Nursing is hosted by Dr. Angela Rosa DiDonato and Marion Leary and produced by the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing, with special thanks to our Department of Information Technology Services for their assistance. Music for the podcast was created by Harper Leary. The podcast is made possible by the Krista and Rich Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Follow us on Twitter at Penn Nursing. Until next time, keep pushing over, under, around, and through.